Moving to another country is a big deal, let alone moving to another country on the other side of the world in the middle of a pandemic. So how do you prepare so you're in the right headspace to make that move? Hello, I'm Kate Creedon and this is Nursing Down Under. A working holiday in Australia may be a rite of passage for Irish and English nurses, but personally, I think it takes a lot of courage. While many of us may be excited to set off on that big overseas adventure, the idea of leaving family and friends can be scary. Throw in a global pandemic and that is a whole other can of worms. So before you start packing your bags, let's unpack the psychology behind making that move. Joining me is Danielle Buckley. Danielle's a coaching psychologist specializing in workplace mental health and well-being. Welcome, Danielle. Hi, Kate. So to begin, tell us a little bit about yourself because you know very well what it's like to be living away from home. Yes, well, as you said, I am a coaching and registered psychologist. However, on top of that, for the last five years, I've been living in Hong Kong and now relocated to Singapore. So I can completely identify with some of the challenges that you've talked about. So given your experience moving overseas, what what have you found challenging? To be honest, a lot, a lot has been challenging. And I think I've certainly seen that over the last 12 months, even longer, last 15 months, COVID has really exacerbated that. But like most things, I think it's important to acknowledge that we can train our brain to deal with these challenges. And I think when I reflect on what has been challenging for me, Life is challenging anyway. Work is challenging anyway. But when we relocate to a new country, there's all these nuances and complexities that we might not know about. And I think initially that is the hardest part. I remember when we moved in, moved to Hong Kong and got to our apartment and the next day my husband had to leave for a work trip to Dubai and all of a sudden it dawned on me that I didn't speak Cantonese, I didn't know a house address, I didn't know the nearest shop and I just felt so helpless. Thank <laughs> God for a friendly neighbour dropping some food over. So there's all of these strange challenges but I think I have felt so much prouder of myself moving through those challenges uh, than I would of just getting through the day-to-day challenges which we face anywhere. Yeah, that is a whole other challenge, the language barrier. I guess at least if you're coming from the UK and Ireland, you're still speaking in English, which probably does help. Um, so how do you know you're ready to, to make that move to another country? Yeah, I like this question because I don't know if you ever know you're really ready. Um, for me, the moves happened to me rather than I made a choice to go. But You know, when I think about working abroad, I think the question we need to ask ourselves is what do I want out of life? What do I want out of a career? And actually, if we answer that question with curiosity, experience, new friends, different lifestyle, we tick all the boxes that we can achieve when we're an expat. So we get this really beautiful experience when we change the question around to thinking about what we want out of life. So is there a way that that nurses or anyone really can uh, mentally prepare themselves, you know, before moving overseas? Yeah, I think we can. I mean, I also lived in the UK for a while and remember reading the book on culture shock because it was quite a shock um, in those days. But I think doing our research is really important. Just understanding a little bit about the expectations of the country and what life's going to be like. 
But I think on top of doing your research, psychologically, when we go through a change, I think it's really important to view this change with kindness and compassion to ourselves because it's hard, right? All of a sudden we take for granted and we realize the things we take for granted. We know if we're going to cook a roast dinner, we know where we're going to source all our ingredients from. All of a sudden we've got to learn those really simple things again. So going into this change or going into this experience really gently. I think is probably the key. You know, it's okay to make a mistake. It's okay not to be as organised as we normally would. And we, we get this period of time or this grace period to just go forward in a way that perhaps we wouldn't get if we weren't having this experience. So what would you say some of the barriers are for people not wanting to move? Yeah, I think for a lot of people, if we look at why someone would move versus why somebody wouldn't. And I think for a lot of people, the barriers might be their family or their partner or the comfort that they have in their current life. But I think if we look at that from a psychological lens, the question really is around risk versus reward. And I think by default, you know, human beings are so much more prone to looking at the bad and what if something goes wrong and what if I can't see this person. But actually in my experience as an expat but also as a psychologist, there's so much reward in taking that risk to move countries, to change up your work environment. So I think while we can be governed by our barriers, I think it's a really good opportunity for people to think about what do I want to get out of life and so really just putting yourself you know I guess you said taking that leap but putting yourself out of your your comfort zone I guess absolutely putting yourself out of your comfort zone for sure and you know I think if the last 12 months has taught us anything we can't predict what's going to happen you know and life is this amazing collection of experiences and I know I'm really grateful for the experience of not just working and living in my home country but this collection of experiences and people that I've got to meet from making a move to a different country it really enriches the way you experience life and I you know, I would I would wish that every single person can have an opportunity to experience that. So talk to me about homesickness. I mean, what is homesickness and how common is it? I mean, do many people experience it? Yeah, I, I think over the last six months, I know my children have definitely felt an element of homesickness and missing their family and their friends and the lifestyle that they had in Australia. But I think it's all about perspective. I think that you know, yes, of course we're going to miss people, but we're we're so fortunate now with the ability to have technology to FaceTime our friends and our family. But I think as humans as well, we're also a bit obsessed with this whole idea of being busy all the time, of you know, not missing out on things. And often when we feel a sense of homesickness, we're worried about what we're missing out on. FOMO. <laughs> FOMO, totally. So a way of Working against that, so first of all, is of course acknowledging it's normal to miss people. It's normal to miss our family and that really cements that we've got some healthy relationships going on in our lives. But equally, it's important to look for the collection of experiences that we can have in our new country um, and look at where we can find joy and meaning and happiness and all the things that make life worth living. So, yes, I definitely think people will get an element of homesickness. But I think that 
there's ways that we can work through that. And I mean, technology is amazing. At the moment, my kids are speaking to their grandkids, their great their grandparents, their great grandparents on FaceTime all the time. We're having a Zoom birthday party on the weekend. So there's ways that we can still keep in touch. Amazing. And it's so important to, to stay connected. And I guess on that, uh, and, you, and you did touch on this in a sense, um, you know, around the year that we've, we've just been through, but what impact has the pandemic had on us. Yeah, I think it's had a varying impact. I think when it first started, we've sort of moved through this change curve in a way where at first, you know, people sort of sat back and had a bit of a panic. And then there was this, you know, emergence of, right, I'm going to use this time if I can't see my friends to learn a new language, to become a professional baker and utilize all of these skills and you know we saw no flour on the shelves in the supermarket and and all of a sudden there was this panic and this realization that holy dooly this might last for a little while than the two weeks that I decided to get super fit and so with that calming down people started to reassess their life so as a psychologist I certainly started to see a lot of people asking big questions you know am I doing the right thing is the right career I want to be in? You know, how am I spending my time every day? So I think the pandemic has really started to, I guess, challenge people's underlying values a little bit and given people maybe a little gentle prod in terms of asking some of those big questions around, am I living the life that I want to live? And if I'm not, where are the opportunities for change? Yeah, absolutely. I think we've all um, dealt with this in, in such a, a different way and uh, it's definitely almost given us a bit of a, a wake-up call. But um, for those, you know, potentially coming from the UK and Ireland where they don't know when they're going to see their friends and family again, I guess that can make a lot of people feel very isolated as well. Yeah, and that's a nice point because it's important to differentiate between isolated and lonely. Because when we're isolated, we don't have support systems and contacts around us within a physical distance that we can reach. Yet that doesn't mean we're lonely. When we're lonely, we don't have access to those resources. So I think for people who might be worried about that occurring for them, and again, I can speak from my own personal experience. It's been well over a year since I've been home with my children and my husband. And previously I was coming back every eight weeks for work and to see family. So this has been a real shift. But in relation to your question, Distance doesn't equate to loneliness. It equates to an an element of isolation if we don't engage in the resources around us. So I think one of the beautiful things about Sydney, about Australia, about people who are making the move there, and likewise in other countries too, uh, you're never alone in making that move. There's a whole range of people who are in exactly the same scenario that you have access to and you can reach out to and who will become your lifelong friends but your new family as well as using the resources and the means you have to keep in touch with your old family. So even for us, I feel like while we haven't been doing the same amount of social things because of the restrictions here in Singapore, I feel busier than ever because there's still access to do that it's just changed in the shape and context. The way we're connecting with each other is definitely, definitely different. Um, 
nurses and especially agency nurses can work in many different places, uh, doing different shifts, which we know can take a toll on us. Uh, How do you maintain your mental health uh, in that sort of working environment? It is a tough working environment. I absolutely acknowledge that. And, you know, I take my hat off to all the people and the nurses that have been working so hard, particularly over the last 12 um, months. I think, again, as a psychologist, but if I also put on my mum hat um, and my individual person hat, I know that I wouldn't have got through any of my changes or any of my experiences without the psychological toolkit that I have access to, thanks to being a psychologist. Um, So I think it's really important for people to acknowledge that this is a shift. For most people, it's a, a very positive shift, but there's still going to be bumps in the road. So it's really actually, in my view, a good opportunity to start leaning into your own mental health awareness and understanding what it is you need to be your best self and to feel mentally well. And to put that in context, Kate, I mean, we know only between 5 and 20% of the population are flourishing anyway. Most people are languishing and sort of getting by in the middle. But what that might look like is making sure you have access to some of the great online apps, you know, such as Smiling Mind to keep your mind your mindfulness up. It's joining exercise groups or making sure you're moving and eating well to look after your mind and your body. Um, so tapping into some of those resources, but also wherever they choose to work and whatever workplaces, leaning into some of the supports that are there for health and well-being because all the workplaces have them. So it's important to utilise those resources too. And I guess with nurses, they tend to look after everyone else they, they might they, they might not be checking in on on how they're doing um, because they're so busy just caring for their patients or or, or making you know making sure that uh, the family is getting fed and, and and looking after everyone else instead of themselves yeah, absolutely and you know that really comes back to the point we made earlier when we talk about the importance of self-compassion in these journeys you know I think As we take on a new role, we want to do things really well. But when we're in a caring role, you know, as a psychologist, as a nurse, and our motivation is to care for others, sometimes that can come at the cost of our own well-being. So we need to view these times and these experiences with a mindset of self-compassion. You know, it's okay to feel tired. And if I feel tired, I'm going to sleep. It's okay to take a rest. It's okay to say no. You know, it's okay to have a hard day. It doesn't mean every day is going to be hard, but it's okay to have a difficult moment. And how do I learn from that moment? And just almost, you know, fumbling forward in a way that's really compassionate and self-soothing in the voice that we use to talk to ourselves is what's going to make a really successful migration. So what about dealing with difficult people in the workplace? What's the best way to handle conflicts? Yeah, well, I think it depends on the type of conflict. And I guess one of the interesting aspects of being an expat or in a new country is starting to learn about the cultural norms of that environment. Um, I know, you know, even living in, in the UK for me, just certain phrases and language were so foreign to me that I wasn't making a lot of sense to some people. So again, I I think it's about treading lightly as we move into the workplace and going into the workplace with a really open mind and a curious mindset, being inquisitive about how things work and the way people work, as opposed to bringing a sense of judgment 
And given everything that is going on in the world, I mean, we've talked about moving over. Is now a good time to start thinking about the future? Absolutely. Now's a better time than ever because I think if we, as we've seen, life is really unpredictable. I didn't predict this. I don't think anybody (laughs) predicted what's going to occur. And, you know, I know a lot of my clients have certainly been saying to me, this is really jolted me into thinking about, you know, what we call our bad, our big, hairy, audacious goal. You know, what is it that I want to get out of life? How do I want to live my life? And how do I want to plan in my life in a way where I hit a certain milestone and I feel like I've achieved what I set out to achieve? whether that be travel or experience or work goals or relationship goals, but how do I actively take steps to reach that end state? And I think now is a really great time to start reflecting on that because we've seen that life can change so dramatically. Yeah, some great advice. Danielle, thank you so much for joining us from Singapore and sharing these great tools. In the next episode, we'll be finding out more about making the move to Australia as a nurse from New Zealand. And if you're interested in making the move, please get in touch with the team at www.hsga.com.au.